This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hello, gentle listeners, it's Andrew, and welcome to Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod. It's a podcast all about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things you tell us about, and first of all, nobody panic, your ears have not deceived you. My other spooky half is not with us today, but please don't worry, Anna has not turned into an alligator and swam upstream, she didn't get stuck in an old trunk playing hide-and-seek on her wedding night and turn into a skeleton. On the contrary, in very cool news, if I can brag about her for a sec, she has been promoted to head writer at Saturday Night Live. And because their new season has just begun, and since we're heading into an election cycle here in the States, there are going to be some episodes this month with Anna and some where we'll be subbing in guest hosts. There'll be some old favorites and some new faces. And today, I'm delighted to say we've got a new face. Off we go. So joining me today is a very special guest and a multi-hyphenate of the highest order, a writer, a voiceover performer, a host, and a co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, Teen Creeps on Forever Dog. It's Kelly Nugent. Yay, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, I am so excited to have you on the show today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course, of course. So uh, we both occupy the the spooky side of the Forever Dog uh, uh, tome. I know. Um, we're spooky sisters. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> and for those who don't know, uh, Kelly, could you talk a little about Teen Creeps? For sure. Um, on Teen Creeps, uh, me and my co-host Lindsay K. Ty talk about the uh, like YA pulp fiction from the 80s and 90s. So think uh -huh. like Christopher Pike, R.L. Stein's Fear Street, like the books that you read after Goosebumps that were like a little scarier and a little sexier. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we talk about those, but also go on like a million tangents. So it's, I fun. Love it. it's a fun time. It's one of my favorite. Also, like as soon as I see Lois Duncan mentioned in a podcast setting, I'm my ears are attuned. Lois Duncan, or as we call her, Low Dunk, is like <laughs> truly like her her specific tropes are so interesting too. Because like all the boys are flawless; they're hot, hot, hot. They're like heroes of everything, and then the girls are like kind of dumpy. <laughs> but there's like one beautiful one, and the parents are like kind of chill and cool. And like she, even before the very sad. Uh, death of her daughter was like very good at writing about like loss and oh, wow. uh and and mourning and stuff so it, yeah really uh 
I'm, I'm glad that you know her. It's, of it's, course. She's an unsung hero of point horror. Weirdly, Lois Duncan would end up on a lot of like middle school summer reading lists. And I always feel yes. like we would flock to those, you know, flock away from like the Michener novels and towards the Lois Duncan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, sure. I've never heard. Okay. There's this like, there's this uh, um, Victorian author. I think her name was Dina Maria Mulock. And no. She, okay. What a name. I Yeah. The very best name. I think she has a couple extra names, but like that was her like pen name. A couple um, extra names. <laughs> <laughs> I think Crake is in there, like C R A I K. Anyway, oh um, wow, yeah, she was she was lousy with names, um, but she, <laughs> she wrote these. I, I found them like a, a British book of scary stories. She wrote these like precursors to to that like Lois Duncan genre, um, but it's like she wrote these like sexy ghost stories where it's like cool. kind of a, a plain girl who like two sexy ghosts are in love with. And she has to like choose with sexy ghosts. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that would have been my jam as like <laughs> truly when I was like 12 and like, getting hit in the head with a volleyball during PE. I was like, but what if two ghosts were in love with me and they were fighting in the ghost world? Oh <laughs> like there's like a ghost gosh. war over me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I highly encourage you to look her up. Also, there's a portrait of her and she looks exactly like how you imagine a writer named Dinah Maria Mulak Craig would look. Um, Beautiful. I'm, I'm definitely going to look her up. <laughs> so while you occupy the sort of teen horror genre and we're more of like folks, folktale, camp mm-hmm. story, um, those sort of things, uh, we we asked if you might have a ghost story or a supernatural story or just scary story from your past. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe you've come to us with one. Yeah, it's really weird because I never thought of myself as someone who's had uh, paranormal experiences. Mm-hmm. And yet I like, I like, as I, like, I, I, I remember like just telling this story in passing and people were like, I'm sorry, hold, <laughs> there was a what? Okay. So, um, uh, so like there's like three separate kind of like incidences in my life. Amazing. Um, the earliest was that I, when I was like, um, I want to say like four or four yeah I was probably four because oh because my parents yes I was four because uh it was before my sister was born but I had already started started taking piano because um my mom is Asian so I had like had to take piano (laughs) so um I remember like sitting in our living room and I was like looking at the piano and we had this like piano bag that had all of you know sheet music in it or whatever Mm -hmm. And the piano bag was blue. Um, and there was this like gremlin thing that was like <laughs> lurking behind it. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now it's worth noting uh-huh. <laughs> that my eyesight <laughs> is um, like negative 8.25. So if like people are aware of like w- how bad that is, like that's very, 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 yeah. very, very, very bad. Yep. And even at that time, like it was very, my eyesight has always been bad. So keep that in your heart that I have bad eyesight. Still, I mean, any sort of gremlin-like silhouette is alarming. Yes. And it looked kind of like a, it looked like a mix of like a gremlin and the Grinch. Oh. Yeah. And it was gray. 
Oh, gray. Okay. It was gray though, but it like looked like it was like furryish and like, oh, ha- yeah. And it was like hunched over this bag. And I remember I was like, "Mom!" Like I called my mom and I was like, "Look, look!" And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Right there!" And she was like, "I don't see anything." I was like, "It's right there. Look at it!" And she didn't see it. And that had happened like. Mm, probably around the same time that I had my first sleep paralysis incident and I saw that same thing. Oh, so like you saw it both in waking time and in sleeping time. And in sleep. So scary, Kelly. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, And then I didn't see anything for a really long time. And then when I was like 13 or 14, uh, we had moved to a new house and my parents um, slept with their door open and like right like if you looked into their room from the hallway, you could see like an entertainment center thing. Oh. Um, and I got up and again, wasn't wearing my glasses. And at this time <laughs> we knew about my vision problems, but it's whatever. Uh-huh. Got up uh, to go to the bathroom and I went into the hall and I looked down the hall and I saw that thing just like sitting on top of their entertainment center. And I was just frozen. I was just like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? And I just stood there frozen. And then I went back in to um, the bedroom, my bedroom, Mm -hmm. just kind of sat on my bed. And I was like, what do I do? Like, (laughs) do I go back out there? So I went back out there and I looked, it was still there. And I was just like, what's it doing? And it was looking at me. It was like clinging and like looking at me. And then I uh, just like went back. I just didn't go to the bathroom. I just like went back to my room (laughs) and like sat there. (laughs) Yeah. And then, oh, and then like an hour later, I like fell asleep and then I got back up and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go look again. But I put on my glasses and it was gone. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Also, what's, what's so scary about this to me is like seeing something that is blurry is I think mm-hmm. more frightening than seeing something where, you know, it's, it's 2020, but also the fact that like, there are like that you were able to see that it was clinging and looking at you. Yeah. Those, I, I don't know. Those yeah. Were, no, it was, it was very creepy. So, so then I started getting like sleep paralysis pretty bad, like in my teens. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is like, <laughs> I'm sorry to reawaken all these terrifying things from your past. No, it's fine. I feel fine. Okay. I feel better than I've ever felt. <laughs> I so I was uh the first time that I like in my I guess adult life experienced sleep paralysis. I was in college and I fell asleep on someone's couch. Mm-hmm. And I was uh and I only get sleep paralysis if I'm sleeping on my back. If I'm sleeping on my side, I don't get it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think it's just cuz like your brain like I don't know, my brain doesn't do what it does with like the half waking up. When why I'm on my side, our brains. Why does that? Why does that matter to them? It's. I know. Just like let me sleep. How I want to sleep. I know. I know. <laughs> let me live. So <laughs> I was like, uh, so you know how everybody sees something different in their, um, yes. like their figure, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Do you want to know what mine is? Oh God, I I do and I don't, but I I think we need to hear it. <laughs> it's a drowned man. No. <laughs> Kelly, what? <laughs> yeah, like a a, a bluish guy oh. in like a tux, oh. that but like bow tie untied, like bedraggled oh. and like looks like he was drowned like two weeks ago. 
Is there any is there any like source to this that you can think of? Is there like a movie or a TV show that you saw that had something that looked like that, or is it entirely just from your imagination? Um, I think it's probably from my imagination, and wow. like I consume a lot of horror, so maybe that's sure. it. Um, because I rem now this one was I actually have not talked about this one because I just remembered it right now was when I like we used to spend weekends at my grandparents' house a lot uh -huh. when I was a kid. Yep, and I fell asleep or I, as I was falling asleep on the bottom bunk uh, at my grandparents' house, I just saw a flash of like a pilgrim lady drenched in blood. <laughs> like, but, over like, the specificity of these figures. I know. I know. But it was like, it, cause it was just an image. Like it wasn't yeah. like, like, you know, like sometimes you'll, as you're falling asleep, you'll see like a flash of an image or you'll yeah, hear something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then, no. okay, do you want to hear my final one? Of course, yes. Okay, have you been to the Heritage Square Museum in LA? I haven't, no. Okay. If you're ever in the area of Highland Park, there's this Heritage Square Museum. It's very, very cool. I really, really recommend it. Okay. Um, it has, like, basically they take historic uh, homes, a lot of them Victorian, uh, that are going to be demolished or whatever. They'll transport the entire house to this museum, which is basically like a neighborhood of very, very old, ranging from like the 1700s to the early 1900s houses oh, that have that's been very cool. restored. Very it's cool. really cool. It's like 10 bucks to go. You get like a full tour. So there's this one house there called the Octagon House. And it <laughs> is called such, Yeah, because it's <laughs> shaped like an octagon. The scariest shape. Yeah. No, it's truly, right? Yeah. Like, oh, what a nefarious sure. shape. <laughs> so it doesn't have hallways. So it's like rooms around the outside of the house and oh. then a staircase in the middle of the octagon. That's so Up weird. to the second floor. Yeah. So um, when we toured it, it was like a group, you know, you go with like, you know, it's just random people, like however many, 20 people or whatever. Right. And it was like, everyone else is like, doesn't matter. But there's this one group of like this French family. The French family was there and then I was there with my husband. And we're touring and, uh, you know, someone's like, hey, is anything weird ever happened? Are these houses haunted? And the person um, leading the tour was like, well, not really. I mean, like sometimes the drawers open and close, but like that's whatever. It's an old house. But if you are into this kind of stuff, if you want to like stand in the center of the house where like the stairway is like under mm -hmm. the stairs, everyone says that that feels really bad. Oh. So if you want to go do that, you can. <laughs> so I was like, yes, I will do of this. Of course. Of course. So me and the dad of the French family go <laughs> and stand <laughs> in this area <laughs> and it does feel very bad. And the dad of the French family just goes, he's like, no. Uh, he's like, the feng shui is uh, very bad and leaves his damn family in the house and goes outside. Oh <laughs> he just ditches his family. God. <laughs> if, you, so, if you're scary enough to scare a French man away from his family, then I, I don't know. I, that's that's I, a weird metric, but I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Oh, yeah. my God. Dream, right? If you are a ghost that's so scary, you scare away a French man from his family? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that, that was weird. Didn't think anything of it. We continue the tour. Everything goes as whatever. Uh-huh. That night, I we were sleeping – or I was still awake. I stay up later than my husband does. And mm -hmm. so he was fast asleep. I was like fucking around on my phone. I'm like, hmm, I'm getting a little <laughs> tired. Put my phone away. 
And I think, you know, I, this could have very well been right. That I was just like in between asleep and awake. Mm -hmm, Sure. And I'm facing away from the edge of the bed on my side. Okay. And then like in my fucking ear, (gasps) Andrew, in my ear, I just hear this man's like voice in pain, like just like, ah, like grunting in pain. I whirl around, I gasp, whirl around, and there's just a shadow hunching over me. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I, like, turn over and I, like, shake my husband. He's like, what, what? And I was like, there was a, a shadow. And then and then I look over and it's gone. Oh, my God. So those are my ghost stories. I mean, those are those are very good ghost stories. And also, <laughs> I think to me, the, like evolution of these beings that (laughs) that have haunted you Mm -hmm. like it is from from gray gremlin grinch which alliteration really yeah perfect um, to to like drowned man to bloody was it was it pilgrim woman yeah she's like a puritan lady (laughs) shadow oh my because normally i feel like normally people have very kind of boring um figures that they see but all of these are so singular (laughs) yeah i i think it's i think it's mostly that i you know up until college Mm -hmm. you know i i was like a weird kid that like didn't have very many friends and so i was like reading a lot and like uh watching a lot of horror and being really I was just like very interested in that stuff, but also really scared by it. And mm-hmm. um, I do have a very, I, you know, my whole life have had like a very active imagination that has led to, you know, m- me having these visions for lack of a better term. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they were like actual ghosty ghoulies <laughs> or if it was just like <laughs> me becoming more unhinged. Like, <laughs> See, I'm I'm kind of to me, I don't really know that it matters. Like like yeah. I think I think depending on um we we call it like daytime bravery, like during mm-hmm, the day mm-hmm. I'm like I totally believe it it's ghosts. And then at night I'm like no that has to be like yeah. I'm trying to convince my brain that it's just a totally normal um uh human occurrence, but yeah, I have I have nieces and nephews who see or in their in their childhood like saw ghosts mm-hmm. but are very not like um the type of kids you would expect they're not like creepy kids so mostly <laughs> i'm just like fascinated by either so it's like either yes like ghosts and goblins are real or it's so wild how a how a like a young little brain can come up with like a narrative arc yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like that yeah. i find super fascinating um, did you have you seen any anything weird or unexplained in your life? I yes, yeah. I certainly have. I I have not had like direct ghost experiences. I think the closest I've had um is an experience where I don't know. I was I was living in Brooklyn. Um it was late at night in October and I don't know whether a ghost followed me into our apartment lobby or just <laughs> a um a Mennonite woman wearing all black who was soaking wet. <laughs> and it could be either one. Wait, I'm I, sorry. Wait, did you say already if it were raining or not? It was. It was raining, and okay. I got out of a cab and I saw mm-hmm. from down the block a woman in a long black gown with long black hair just walking very slowly through the rain. 
And then I arrived at the door and I was like going through my pockets, trying to find my key. And then all of a sudden she was inches behind me, like right Stop, behind Stop. That was a ghost. Because yeah. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Mennonites, they, their hair is always under a bonnet. Their hair is up and under a bonnet. That is, Kelly, that's the best point I've heard in the past several years about that story. Wow. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Because, okay. Because I used to, my dad's family is from Montana. Okay. And um, so when we used to go out there, we would see the Mennonites and the uh, Hutterites um, mm-hmm. because we would buy their bread because their bread is like oh, shit. Oh, great bread. Yeah. Great bread. Um, and I that uh, their, the women, their hair is always up and in a bonnet. That's they don't have their hair down. Point. It's And it's so funny because it did not occur to me. I, a friend of mine was like, oh, you live kind of in the Mennonite area. It absolutely was a Mennonite. And I was like, oh, okay, thank goodness. But it it never occurred to me that, of course, their hair is always up in a bun. Yeah. And I imagine they would not want I, – I don't know. Maybe this is an assumption about Mennonites that's not true. I would imagine they would not want to be in, like, very close quarters with a stranger. You know, like, right. Well, and, right like, I, I don't think that a Mennonite woman – would be alone. At least from I, my experience, they're always traveling in groups. That's my yeah. If any if anyone listening um comes from a Mennonite background or has knowledge about that, let me know because I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that and, was or like, like my... do you know a Mennonite woman that was wandering around like trying to talk to strange <laughs> true. men? True. <laughs> yeah. And the the eeriest part was, and it's funny because in the moment, in the moment I didn't think it was eerie. And then the more I thought about it, the more I got scared. Um, she was just standing. <laughs> she was just standing in the lobby, kind of slowly rotating, looking around. And my apartment was off the lobby. And I, um, uh, when I got in my apartment, as I was closing the door, I said goodbye. And there was like a pause. And then she very quietly said, "So long." And I closed the door. What? And, and then, <laughs> so long. And then I thought because she wasn't looking at me when she said it. Then, as I sat in my apartment alone before my husband got home from work. Um, I got creeped out because I was like, what if she wasn't talking to me? What if she was looking around the lobby and saying so long oh, as though like, I'm going towards the light? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like I, that was, that's the close I've had. I, I do feel like because I love ghost stories and, and I love hearing people's ghost stories. I, I do feel like a lot, I've had a lot of tertiary ghost stories related to me, but not directly experienced. Um, but yeah, I think that's the closest I get to like a firsthand ghost experience. I had another one with one of my nieces where like, she told me not to sit in a chair and I asked why. And she said, because there was someone sitting in it. And then she told me I could sit in it because the person had left and I sat in the chair and it was ice cold. (laughs) (gasps) Okay. That's for sure. Like, like sixth sense stuff. Yeah. That, but it's like, I, because I didn't experience something like absolutely directly like i didn't see anything or it wasn't like a visceral feeling i don't really count that as like like that's a creepy thing that happened to me i don't know that it counts as a ghost story but you're right it it definitely is in that sixth sense area for sure um so what were the things as a kid that that like you were drawn to like what were the scary things what were your like formative frightening uh books or movies and things like that well i was really into the x-files oh um really hard into the x-files and i remember like particularly being like very afraid of grays um, oh. because did you watch the x-files i did yeah so like do you remember that episode where the uh, what's that guy's name um uh, the one like the guy who uh is abducted and has like 
uh, thing in his tooth. Uh, oh. Dwayne Barry. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that episode with like the extended like abduction scenes, yeah. I was like very horrified and like thought that they would come into my bedroom. Like the whole idea of them coming into your bedroom was like very scary. So scary. Um, and like because I was like, well, like even as a kid, I was like, of course there are aliens somewhere out there. Mm. Like they might not look like greys or they might not look like, you know, what we think aliens to look like, but right. they're out there and who knows what they want. Um, but I also liked like uh like witchcraft, like ghost type stuff, like oh, supernatural yeah. stuff I liked a lot. I wasn't so much into like slashers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, same. It was not my I think I liked I think I liked things that um were a little more about the supernatural or like things beyond our understanding than like just yeah. the killers. Yeah. Which actually like also scared me more than like stories about straight up killers. Yeah. Like, I, I feel the same way. Yeah. It's not it wasn't as scary to me. Um and I remember be getting really into Christopher Pike books because like they were just like very uh, they were sexy like they like he talked about sex where R.L. Stein did not right and yeah. so I mean like I was like I want to be one of those teens like I want to be <laughs> you know sneaking into a pool and having sex with my boyfriend and an alien lizard has a crush on me like, oh. <laughs> and my hair has so much body like just like, I the, know the biggest hair imaginable. I have such big hair and I have eyes that seem to change color depending on how I'm feeling <laughs> when like really I was like a very nondescript <laughs> like little kid <laughs> That is so because I, I, that's one of the things I appreciate so much about Teen Creeps because like while I was a big Goosebumps kid and Fear Street kid, I do feel like R.L. Stein kind of sucks up all the air in the memory of that time period yeah. regarding like um, creepy young adult books. And there it was like such a golden age. There were so many different writers and series. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like it's so it's so great to go on those like deep dives. Um, the last vampire series that always makes like I just remember yeah. it so clearly. Yeah. Well, because they're like, they were like the epic sagas right. that were not hobbits, you know? Because, yeah. <laughs> like, look, God bless, God bless Lord of the Rings. But, like, I, to me personally, I cannot, I cannot read an entire one of those books. Yeah. Oh, and it's, I think to me, it's like, I love the idea of them. Oh you sure. Know? My um, god, the the like the ambiance of them right, <laughs> for right. sure. But it is yeah, it's kind of I mean I, I'll just put it this way like I'm grateful there are movies. Sure, yes. <laughs> you know, where it's like yeah. great and appreciate that. But yeah, something about being able to get lost in those books. I think a big part was which then kind of got picked up by like Twilight and those sort of series. But it's like Having a protagonist who has definite qualities, but they're vague enough that you really can cast yourself yes. as the person experiencing this. I do think those types of books have a have a very particular power um, with the teenage set of readers. <laughs> well, especially like the kinds of kids that are going to be reading a lot. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Are the kinds of kids that are like, you know, that could stand to have a story be written about them, you know? Right, right. So it's like, oh, I could be this, you know, like what? what's her flaw? She's clumsy or yeah. she's, 
Um, She's I mean, like, some of them don't even have any personality uh, at all. Anything like at nothing. All. Right. Nothing. It's, it's it's sort of like middling between like outgoing sometimes, but shy sometimes. Like, yeah. Smart, yeah. but witty. When you know, like it, all yes. of the things. Just like whatever adjective you want to identify more with is at your disposal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, X Files was huge. I, I I just started revisiting it um, because I I think my my aunt who lived with us at the time. Um, who then became an FBI agent because she loved the X-Files so much. Oh my God. Good for yeah. her. I know. Isn't that cool? She, um, so, so my parents would go out like for date nights every Friday and she would, she would like turn on the X-Files and we'd watch it with her. And That's I cute. think what I, it's been fun revisiting now, like the monster of the week episodes mm-hmm. weren't ones that I so much remembered. And those are so goofy and fun. They're so goofy and fun. And there's like some really, like, I'd say that, my favorite episodes are actually the non-mythos ones, like any yeah. of the ones um, written by, oh my God, I'm forgetting his name. His brother also wrote on the show. He wrote um, uh, the one with Peter Boyle in it. Um, oh, oh, right, right, right. Um, and also Jose it? Chung's from Outer Space and right, um, right. Small Potatoes. Oh, that so great. But um, my favorite e- uh, episode is... Um, and for, I don't know why it's it's I'm blanking on it, but is the, is the one with Peter Boyle? Uh, oh, oh, is it Peter Boyle and like? Oh gosh, hold on, I'm just gonna look this up so we don't torture ourselves. Oh, Clyde Bruckman's final repose. Final repose, yes, yes. Clyde Bruckman's final repose is like seriously one of my favorite maybe episodes of television. It's it's and, so, and those are all Monster of the Week. Yeah, Darren Morgan. Darren Morgan, that's right. Yeah, and Glenn yeah. Morgan was his brother that also wrote on that show. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I love – I mean, it's also so great to have those, like, guest stars. Like, like um, yes. there's the one – there's, like, the ghost story one with Lily Tomlin, which I always loved, too. Oh, uh, the Christmas ghost one. Yes, yes. Yes, one, yes. Really oh, my great. God, that one is so good. And the end when they're, when they're giving each other gifts and, like <laughs> – yeah. uh, uh, and you don't see what the gifts are. I, I, I always love that. It's yeah. very sweet. It's very sweet. Um, so I also want to talk about Exile, which is your new podcast that you've written and that yeah. you voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wrote it, uh, produced it, mixed it, voiced it. Uh, oh and then, God. um, the music is by Annalise Nelson, who's really awesome. Okay, um, yeah. yeah, sure. It is a horror narrative podcast. Um, it follows the story of a, uh, in a pos- post, post, post apocalyptic future. A young woman is exiled from the religious enclave of Haven for a crime that she did not commit. Uh, Fearing being forgotten, she sets off back through the wilds to go home. And along the way, she has to face monsters, both real and in her memories uh, in order to survive. Oh my gosh. It, I, the, I listened to the trailer and I started listening to the first episode and it's so great. First of all, you're an amazing voice performer. Oh, thank you so much. It, it's so, it's so interesting. I mean, this is the most obvious thing in the world, but it makes such a huge difference when someone like, like in audiobooks and things like this, where it's like, when you just have a voice that you really want to listen to and it's a, it's a, it's so great. Um, and yeah, I love I'm I'm so excited to listen to the rest of it and I highly recommend everyone else subscribe to it. Where can we find it? Anywhere you get your podcast, it's it's available anywhere. If you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, please leave a nice review. <laughs> oh, yes, please. We do love a nice review. We do. It's also the perfect sort of thing to listen to in October. Like I feel like I'm always looking spooky. for the right. Yeah. Something spooky, something spooky that also like um is not all like jump scares and things. I just appreciate that so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's yeah, it's 
I don't know how I would do a jump scare in just an audio. I mean, I guess just like be quiet for a while and be like, boo. <laughs> I have I I was like on a plane um and I downloaded I downloaded like a, a narrative scary story thing and it did have like jump scares in it and oh I was kind God. of like I was kind of like it is just like um someone shouting at me <laughs> yeah yeah uh, the exact level of like spooky that I'm looking for so I can't wait to listen to more Kelly oh thank you so much yeah it's my hope that um it hits the perfect uh triad of like scary sad and like surreal yeah (laughs) ann and i were talking a couple weeks ago about i don't know why but in our public school education we all had to read the lottery like that was like a big i love shirley jackson i am a huge shirley jackson fan have you read um okay i was also inspired by her specific writing in um Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! The 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 last book she wrote before death. Um, oh, um, not not we've always lived in the castle. Yes, we have always oh. lived in the castle. Yes. Oh, okay, great. Yes, it's funny because as I was listening to the first episode, I was like, oh, I'm getting the the first person storytelling felt like mm-hmm. it's one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite books, and um, and yeah, I love I love the kind of echoes of that. Which I, it's so much fun learning about um, the context that the story is taking place in through a character who already lives there and doesn't feel the pressure to tell you everything in advance. Yeah, like kind yeah. of solving the mystery as it goes. I think that's mm-hmm. so great. Um, oh, thank you so much. Of course, and yeah, Shirley Jackson. Her short stories are really good too. There was one really good. Um, have you ever Have you ever read the story The Witch that she wrote? No, and I have a collection of her short stories, so I should. I, I think I have it, but I haven't read it. I read that story too young. It was in a collection. <laughs> of, it was in a collection of ghost stories, and it, it doesn't really belong in there because it's not a ghost story. It is just an incredibly troubling short story that catches you so off guard. I highly recommend listening to it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read it. Um, but not as much as I recommend subscribing to Exile. Thank you. <laughs> and Kelly, this has been so much fun having you on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This was so much fun. Oh, good, good. I had a blast. Um, and of course, uh, please listen to and subscribe to Teen Creeps. And where can people follow you on social media, Kelly? On everything at Kelly Nugee, K-E-L-L-Y-N-U-G-E-E. Fantastic. Uh, well, I hope you have a very spooky October. You too. And um, and if you wouldn't mind joining me at the end of every episode, Anna and I say get out. So okay. uh, just in the count of three, we'll say get out. Sound good? Yeah. One, two, three. Get, Get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team, And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.